Well, today I'm going to start by saying something that you may or uh, may not be aware of, but I mean it very seriously. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose. It's okay to clap. That's awesome. That's something to be happy about. God has a purpose for your life. God has a promise for you, for every last one of you. If you hear me today, he's got a promise for you. <clears throat> and many of you, you know what it is. In fact, you're already in pursuit of that right now. You're already started on your journey. And there are some yet that are here that maybe not, that they're just not there yet. But what you do know today, <clears throat> regardless of which side of the fence that you find yourself on, that you're here today and right now you're facing an obstacle. Maybe it's just a decision. Maybe it's just a, a decision that you need to make to get you moving closer in the direction that God wants you to go. Maybe, maybe it's which direction do I go now, God? You've led me to this point. Now, now what? Now what do I do? Maybe, maybe it's a financial struggle that you find yourself in. Maybe it's a, just some negative news that you've just learned about maybe your health or, God forbid, you know, a, a child. <clears throat> it could just be a negative thought. That's how the enemy works. An, a negative thought that he throws into your mind and it, it puts a roadblock in front of where God wants you to go. Maybe, maybe it's a fight with your spouse. <clears throat> maybe it's a fight with a loved one, a child even. And God's plan, God's purpose, God's promise seems to be evading you. It seems to be, in fact, if I'm looking what I'm staring at in my face, his promise is unrecognizable. You find yourself, and it leaves you, listen to, listen to me closely, it leaves you questioning, was it really God's promise? How many know what I'm talking about? And you begin to think, what? what? Was it really God's plan? Was it really something that he, he really told me to do? How many know what I'm talking about today? And usually the way it goes is you get past somehow that whatever that is, that obstacle, <clears throat> and you're back on your journey again and everything's right again until the next obstacle. And then the questioning cycle begins again. If this seems familiar to you today, maybe this message is for you. And if so, listen to me close. You're in good company. You're in good company. <clears throat> I'm not going to read all of this, but if you can throw up uh, Exodus chapter 3, Moses is out and about tending to the sheep, and all of a sudden this flame appears on 
this bush and it starts burning. And the bush is burning, Tony, but it's not burning up. It just keeps burning. And so this makes Moses like, whoa, what is going on here? And he gets a little closer, and that's when God says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a minute. Hey, Moses, Moses. And he says, here am I. And God said, do not come any closer. He says, in fact, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. He says, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses covered his face out of fear. And then the Lord says to him, he shares with Moses his purpose. And he shares with him his promise. He says, "I, I have seen how cruelly my people are being treated in Egypt. I've heard them cry out to be rescued from their slave drivers. I know all about their sufferings. Aren't you glad that God knows what you're going through? He says, so I've come down to rescue you from the Egyptians. And I want you to pay attention to this and to bring them out of Egypt. He just gave them a purpose. And then he goes right into the promise. I'm going to bring you out of Egypt, but I'm going to take you to a spacious land. One which is rich and, and fertile. And he begins to tell them all of the Canaanites and all the ites that are, that are going to be there, they already inhabit this land, but you're going to take it. That's your land. And then in verse 10, it says, Now I'm sending you <clears throat> to the king of Egypt. This is Mo- Moses. I mean, I, he says, Now I'm going to send you to the king of Egypt so that you can lead my people out of this country. Now, so far, this is all normal stuff, right? I mean, God always speaks to you through a burning bush, doesn't he? Now, I want to tell you something. This is not the only way that God dealt with Moses in this particular situation when he's telling him what he's doing. You know what else he did? He says, hey, that that, that rod you got in your hand? He says, throw that down on the ground. He throws it on the ground, and a snake starts swiveling, and he goes, okay, now pick that up by the tail. Okay, so like I'm just going to tell you right now, that ain't happening with me. I cannot stand snakes. But Moses picks it up by the tail, and Stiffens out like the rod again. Now, if that's not enough, he says, now I want you to take your hand. I want you to put it inside your coat. And I pull it out. And it's just full of leprosy. He says, now I want you to put it back in. He puts it back in, pulls it back out, and it's clean. Now, that's the way God deals with you, right? When he wants you to do something. I mean, he gave Moses, like, a surety. I'm I'm with you. I got your back. I can do anything. Verse 11. Now listen, this is, even Moses said to God, I'm, I'm nobody. 
how, how can I go to the king? I mean, who am I to go to the king and try to get these guys out of, out of Egypt? And I want to fast forward now. God's people who had been in bondage for over 400 years. And, and then we start to see, don't we? We start to see God's plan unfold here. And all of a sudden, 10 plagues happen, right? And, and, and there's the plan. God's you know, already starting to lay it out. God, God parts the, the Red Sea. I mean, parts water and there's dry land that they walk across and now they're free. <laughs> Again, happens all the time. <clears throat> then we see that God shows over and over and over again, miracle after miracle, just how much he loves his people, just how much he's, we sang about it, how much he's for them, how much he's for them. God's purpose fulfilled, check. God's plan occurring just as we speak, check. Okay, now, God's promises are next. God said it, listen to me, God said it, and it happened and they still questioned him every in every turn. I mean, during, before, during, and after rocks start pouring water out so that they could drink because they were thirsty. And, 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 and there's food that all of a sudden appears on the ground that they can just scoop up and eat like bread. Hmm. They go two years, kind of like this, and they finally make it, listen to me, they finally make it to the edge of the promised land. And Moses sends out 12 spies to survey the land and the cities and, and to see how they're, they're put together and, how, and all the people. He says, survey the people. And, and before going, before we go to possess this land, I want you to go survey this. And, and now here's where we're going to pick up and start from our reading, from our message today in Numbers 13, verse 25. It says, when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, I'm going to scoop down to 27, they reported to him and said, we came into the land where you sent us. <clears throat> and it certainly does flow with milk and honey. And, and, and look, check it out. This is its fruit. In verse 28, it says, nevertheless, everybody say, nevertheless. nevertheless. The people who live in the land are strong. I think what they did is they, uh, Brandon, I think they had like arm wrestling contests to see who was, who was the strongest, you know? I don't know. I don't know how, how it happened. You know, that they, they, they determined that these guys were strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And indeed, we saw the descendants of Anak there. That means they saw the giants. These, are, these were giants that they were talking about. And, and they go on to say that the enemy covers every corner of the land. And then in verse 30, verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he says, now, now listen to his words. We should by all means go up and take possession of it. I mean, we, we, we will certainly prevail over them. One verse later, 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people because they're too strong for us. 
they, they go on to say to Moses and all of Israel, the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And, and all the people whom we saw in it are people of great stature. In, verse, in other words, there's giants there. In verse 33, it says, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And we were, and so we were also in their sight. Now, I want to skip to Hebrews chapter uh, 3, the very last verse, and it says, And so we see that they were not able to enter into that promised land because of unbelief. <clears throat> I want to talk to you today about grabbing hold of God's plan for your life, grabbing hold of God's promises for your life, grabbing hold of God's purpose for your life. And listen to me very closely. Don't you let anyone or anything talk you out of it. Don't let anything or anybody tell you to let that thing go. When God called me and my family into this purpose of the bridge, where, where, where would you be? Where would you be if we had let obstacles get in the way of God's promises for you and for your family? I pray God's word today is somehow an encouragement to those of you who like, you know, wandering in, in the wilderness like they were and thinking, oh, I know he said that this, this was my purpose, but I don't know. I don't know. And, and you're even rationalizing, even as I speak right now, should I let go of what God's trying to do through me and through my family and through my kids? I want you to listen to me today. Even the gold standard, uh, uh, even the stars in the Bible like Abraham and Moses and David, Peter and Paul, all of them questioned their purpose. All of them questioned the plan. They all questioned their promise. Moses was told by God many times throughout Scripture, many times you can read it, this land, I'm giving it to you. So Moses sends 12 leaders to spy out the land. Two of men came back with a good report, and 10 of them came back, and they said, listen, listen, yes, there's some enormous grapes there. And tell me, that, that's, that's, Jason, that's something worth it right there. I mean, the produce there is unbelievable. I'm telling you, uh, it, it's incredible. <clears throat> but, and listen to the excuses. We can't enter. The people against us are very strong. Not only that, but they have this superhuman army to kind of back up the, the already awesome army that they have. They said the walls of the city are, are super thick walls, and, and they go all the way around the city. They said the land literally eats people alive. Look what they focused on. They focused on what they saw, not what God said or what he had already done for them. I think you need a reminder today of what God has said to you. That's why I'm here today. And what God's already done for you. Instead of what you see standing right in front of you. Instead of the seemingly impossible obstacle standing in your way. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 23, it says... He brought us out of there in order to bring us in, in where, and, and to give us the land which 
have been sworn to our fathers. A land flowing with milk and honey. God didn't bring you out to wander in the wilderness, people. Uh, God didn't bring you out to become stagnant or become intimidated or to become frustrated or to become without direction or to live in fear. But, but he brought you out to bring you in. Uh, 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 he, he, if he saved you and he brought you out of sin, he's got something that he wants to bring you into. What is it? What is it that's keeping you out? They said, they said well, it's the walls. It's, it's the giants that are keeping us out, the strong people that they're gonna, we're going to come up against. They're, they're keeping us out. The land, the terrain, it's too difficult to overcome. And the more they talked about it, and the more they talked about the walls and the giants and the strength of the enemy and, and the difficulty of the terrain, the thicker the walls became and, 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 and the taller the giants got. And the more difficult the terrain became and their enemy got stronger and stronger. But God said, you've heard man's position on this matter they, they blame everything that they saw and even some things that they didn't see and God said do you want my appraisal on this situation go to Hebrews chapter 3 we, we read it already they couldn't enter in because of unbelief that's God's observation he said it's because of your unbelief let's look into it just a little bit closer they did they did see some of those things it's like they didn't make everything up. They did see some of those things. But the walls, listen to me, the walls didn't stop them. Uh, the, the giants actually had nothing to do with him not entering. God was trying to say the strong people didn't stop them. The, the, the terrain didn't stop them. God said, all you have to do is believe what I said. <clears throat> God was saying, believe me. Isn't that exactly what we do all we can see is the obstacle right in front of our face. And God's saying to us, all you have to do is believe me. God's saying, yes, it requires, it requires faith in me. I want you to understand this. The truth is, if we don't enter into the promised land, our families, our our, and our children and our, and our children's children, which is the destiny, by the way, that God has for all of us, it won't be because the giants were too big. It's not going to be because the walls were too thick or, or my marriage is almost about over or, or my child has fallen away just too far now. There's only one reason, and God said it in Hebrews chapter 3, I've given you promises that you don't believe. What's keeping you from God's plan for you? What's keeping you from God's promise for you? Listen, if God said it, listen to me very closely. If God said it, you can stand on his word today. If God said it, you can believe it with everything that you got in you. Here's some things that you can believe. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mark 9.23, Jesus said, all things are possible possible for those who believe jeremiah 29 11, i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans for prosperity and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope isaiah 40 31 those who wait upon the lord will renew their strength they're going to mount up with wings like eagles and they're going to they're going to run and not be weary and, and shall walk and not faint psalms 147 3 he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds second timothy chapter 1 verse 
verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Isaiah 40, 29. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases his strength. In Psalms 46 and 1, God is our refuge and strength and very present help. Psalms 94, 19, when anxiety, anybody dealing with anxiety here today was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Isaiah 41, 10, fear not, fear not, I am with you. Deuteronomy 31 and 8, the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Let me ask you something today. Has anybody made their mind yet that all the lies and all the giants and all the walls and all the resistance are not going to stop you from inheriting those promises? If you're here today and you believe the promises of God, let's give him a round of applause all over this building. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Got a little wound up there. <clears throat> the next thing that they deal with is intimidation. Scripture says that two spies came back with a positive report. And you know what they said? We can. Uh, we can. I, it's not in my notes, Roy, but I was just telling somebody the other day, you got to call Roy if you need HVAC stuff, man. You know what he says? I can. I can do it. And he does. He, he gets it done. It's like that. I mean, I called him on a Sunday morning. It was before church, and he was over there fixing it and be, before we even had church finished. He can. They actually said, not just we can, they said, by all means, by all means, let's go take possession of that thing. Because we can, we're gonna prevail. We're gonna prevail. And we know their names, those two, Joshua, Caleb. <clears throat> but ten men, they said, we can't. And nobody <laughs> knows their names. Nobody wants to remember the people who tell you you can't do it. If you want to be remembered, hey, tell people what they can do. Uh, tell, tell your coworker what she can do. Uh, uh, tell your family what they can do. Tell your children, for goodness sakes, what they can do. Be a person who says, oh, man, you can do it. You got this. You got this. Don't we struggle enough with doubts? already we don't need man you, you can't do that unfortunately it's too often that God has had to shove me out <laughs> because he knew intimidation had the better of me and then he knew that I wouldn't step out and obey so he just gave me a little <laughs> I heard a story about a billionaire who had a massive Olympic-sized swimming pool in his, behind his mansion, and he, he'd have all the potential leaders over of his organization over for a barbecue, and he'd take them around back 
<clears throat> to the pool, and the pool was full of alligators. And all the guys said, why in the world you got alligators in your pool? And he said, well, the number one thing that I like and that I look for, the thing that I admire more than anything else is courage. And he says it's known around here that anyone willing to jump in and swim to the other end through the alligators, I'll write him a million-dollar check on the spot. Well, they all turned around <laughs> and started walking back around the front. And all of a sudden, they heard a splash. And they turned around, and they saw this guy swimming faster than they'd ever seen anybody swim before in their life. He's almost like running on the water. And somehow he comes out of the other side of the pool, and the alligators are like chomping right up, and they, they miss him, and he's and he somehow he, he escapes. And, and the billionaire he comes running back, and he said, "Oh my God, I'd never seen courage like that in all my life. That was amazing." So, so who do I make the check out to? And the man said, first, I just need to know who pushed me in." <laughs> you know, sometimes you need a little shove. So, so sometimes you, you've got to get get a little push. There have been, been times in my life that I, I didn't want to do what God was telling me to do, and, and I was scared out of my mind. And if anybody knew uh, just how intimidated I was, they would probably think a lot less of me. But God has a way of taking people who he's got his hand on and kind of like shoving them out there a little bit. And when you get out there, I'm going to tell you right now, it's usually a place that you've never been before. But God will listen to me very closely. God will open and close the doors just perfectly. Just perfectly. And when it's all said and done, no one involved could deny it was only God. It was only God that made that possible. Don't let the enemy intimidate you and keep you from your purpose and from your promise. And lastly today, this this. this I'm a nobody complex has got to go. Guys, we, we want to do some amazing things around here. And I'm telling you right now, this has got to go. Remember, even Moses says, oh, I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. Let's look at Numbers 13, 33 one more time. It says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Listen, how you see yourself often will determine how others see you. It's also how the enemy will see you. If you have a poor self-image, the enemy sees right through you. And they look, 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 they say to themselves, they say, ah, oh, look at as small and weak and, and tiny. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the battle's over already before it starts. And we get this distorted perspective as if we're the ones that's got to make this all happen if God tells us to do it. And, and we know inside that it's way too it's big. This is too big for me, right? And, 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 but God had already told them, listen, I'm going to tell you something. God had already told them, I'm giving you the land. So they had everything that they needed. But there's something else most of us overlook in this verse. It starts out with we, a plural. It says, we we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. So it's not only how I see myself. Huh. It's, it's also how I see you. 
It's also how I see those that God has placed around me and around you. It's how I see you that can determine, listen to me, whether I get my promise. It's how I see you, Lisa. It's how I see you, Mike. It's how I see you, Ben. Oh, he's not going to help anybody. Now listen, don't, don't judge me. You all have been in this before. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, what a waste. Oh, she's, she's not going to be able to. We, we might as well hang it up if we're counting on her. And when you start seeing others that God has called to be with you as insignificant, They had very little appreciation. God has spoken to me about this this week for me. They had very little appreciation for those who were with them. They said, you know what? Oh, they're just this insignificant like insect, like a grasshopper. I could just you know, stomp on them and they're like a bug, you know? They, they, they saw their own children as insignificant grasshoppers. They saw their own family members as insignificant grasshoppers. They saw their own brothers and sisters as insignificant. Listen, when you're teaching, I want to tell you something right now. When you're teaching our children here, like, like little Cole Cox or, or, or Clark Court Camp or something like you might be talking to the next pastor of the bridge. You might be talking to the, to the leader in our community. You might be talking about the president of the United States. Stop seeing those who God has placed in your life as grasshoppers or insignificant. Listen, because your children and your children's children are a part of your plan and part of your purpose, they're part of your, 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 your promise and, and part of the destiny that you and uh, uh, part of your life. Uh, in my living room, when we first started the bridge, I remember making statements like, I cannot wait until, and this is just a small group of people, I cannot wait until our children leave so excited that the next time mom and dad want to kind of sleep in, you know, that their kids are so excited about the bridge, they go in and wake them up. And sure enough, it's happening here. Not just once. I've heard it, and I'm sure it's happened before many times, but I've heard it more than once that it's happened. And when I said from my own living room chair with just my family and a few others that had helped us get started, I cannot wait until we have a complex that, that serves our whole community, a church, a gymnasium, swim pool, ball fields, classes throughout the week in the community, and all situated on this beautiful uh, property. And, and it thrilled my heart the other day when I heard Pastor Dustin share that same vision for the bridge with the bridge ministry leaders just the other day. And listen, just last week we visited a beautiful piece of property that when, listen to me, when, when, everybody say when. When that when God gives it to us, will be absolutely perfect for that bridge community complex that I'm talking about. And when you hear your child, listen to me close, when you hear your child singing worship songs or, or, or mocking or, or mimicking what's going on in church and things like that, oh my gosh, they could be the next awesome worship leader, uh, writing and singing songs that touch the world. I, I pray God shows us who we are. Not only that, but who we have around us, 
There's not one grasshopper in this building today. Everybody say amen. amen. Shall we stand? Listen, very closely, you know, people are moving around just a little bit. They got to get to their places. Just hang with me here. I want to tell you something. They didn't make it to the promised land. But it wasn't because of the walls. It wasn't because of the giants. It was because of unbelief. It was because of intimidation. It was because they saw themselves as insignificant and they saw those around them as insignificant that God had placed around them. And because of that, they went right back into the wilderness for another 38 years before they actually finally made it in and claimed the land that God had promised them. How many wait, want to wait another 38 years? I can't, I can't wait another minute. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about what God is doing around this place. I mean that with all my heart. We're, we're, we're on Sundays, we're getting to the point where we're, we're busting at the seams on Sunday, on every single day of the week, we busted the seams of the preschool. We've got to expand here. So on top of this land, we've got to expand here in this building just to keep going and moving forward. In all seriousness today, I'm asking you to kind of pull it in just a little bit. I want to encourage each other today. So I want you to look at the person next to you. They are likely, very likely, facing an obstacle that you know nothing about. I don't care if you're even married to them. I don't. Usually the enemy, when he works on somebody, the last thing they want to do is tell the person that's closest to them. I want you to look at that person, and this is a moment of participation. I want you to look at that person, and I want you to tell them out loud so the enemy can hear this and God hears it out loud. You can do this. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Listen to me. You can have a strong marriage, even if this culture today disagrees. You, you can overcome that addiction. Uh, uh, we can raise Christ-following children, even in this world today. We, we can build impactful relationships to the point where we become disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, you may have a, a great wall of debt, if you will, facing you, but you can overcome that. You can overcome that with the help and grace of God. We can develop a bridge community complex that puts Jesus first in everything, in everything that will serve all the needs of the people. Let's do this thing. Let's do this.